Thank you for joining us today on the Brainstorming to Broadcast, Brainstorming to Book Sales podcast. I am here with Rabbi Ilan Glazer, and he's going to talk with us today about his book titled "And God Created Recovery: Jewish Wisdom to Help You Break Free from Your Addiction, Heal Your Wounds, and Unleash Your Inner Freedom." So, Rabbi, tell us a little bit about your book and kind of the genesis of it. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, I've been looking forward to this for a good while now. My, my book is my attempt to synthesize both my rabbi side and my recovery side. And what I mean by that is I am in recovery too. And so I share my recovery journey in the book. But I also wanted this book not just to be about me. I wanted this book to really help create a conversation in the Jewish community because we're still not really talking about addiction all that much. And what I wanted was to start creating the resources that I wish we had had when I was in my early days of of trying to get into recovery. And you mentioned that quite a bit about how addiction's not really spoken about much in the Jewish community. And so do you see that there's an even heavier, uh, I don't know how to really word that, but maybe a cloud over addiction in the Jewish community where people aren't seeking help because there's kind of shame associated with it? There is certainly a lot of shame. And, you know, we're not, we're not unique in the Jewish world about not wanting to talk about this. Nobody really wants to talk about addiction. It's messy. It's uncomfortable. We don't like to admit that we're not living as well as we'd like. And, you know, if you go on Facebook, everybody only wants to post their vacation photos and people don't want to talk about the things that, that go wrong and the things that they mess up in their life. And I, I, I totally understand that. And I think that in some communities have a very strong uh, legacy of trauma that says we don't talk about our wounds publicly. And I think the, the Jewish people are certainly included in that. And it's, it, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, even if they struggle with things. And lots of people struggle you know, throughout the world and in the Jewish world as well. But it's, it's, it's hard to to admit our wounds publicly. We're afraid of being judged. What is everybody going to think about me if they know that I, you know, eat too much, drink too much, sleep around, shop too much, gamble, whatever it is, right? We're, we're always worried about fitting in and about not losing, you know, whatever we've acquired and being vulnerable is hard. It's scary. We don't like to do it. It's so hard. I think that's all the more reason why we need to. Yes, and thankfully there are people like you who are brave enough and find that courage to kind of drop the veil and say, here I am, here's what I've experienced personally, now let me help you. Because finding that help, I mean, look where it's led you. You're a rabbi. I am indeed. You're, you're helping people. <laughs> you're doing things. You're, you know, you're not still stuck in that darkness. Right. For sure. And I, you know, I'm not going to pretend that every day is magical now and that I'm never tempted to go back to my, you know, previous ways and that I never struggle with anything anymore. Of course I do, right? I'm still a human, but I have certainly made so much progress in these last almost five years now since I really committed myself to recovery and it's, 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 it's changed everything. And it's Congratulations given me a, a, on your five years. Well, thank you. It's uh 
it's given me a peace that I didn't know was possible before. And I want that for, for everyone who struggles. So, and that kind of ties into the purpose behind you, why you wrote your book in the first place. Yes. I mean, I, ultimately for me, this is about suffering. I see so much suffering in the world today. And I think it's, it's unfortunate. And I experienced a lot of that myself growing up and in my, you know, in my adult life as well. And I didn't know that I could make healthier choices. I didn't know that some of the things that I had learned were actually inducing more suffering in my life. I just knew that when I ate food, I felt better, at least for a little bit. I knew that when I turned to pornography, I felt a little bit better about myself because at least the fake images I was watching, you know, made me feel better. And I didn't have to actually sit with the emotions of what does it mean to want to date someone and have to ask them and talk to them and deal with real people. Right. I, I knew that when I escaped into, into gaming, I felt better about myself and look, I accomplished something. I made a 50 point word on words with friends. I am someone <laughs> as right. if that false right, accomplishments. I mean, <laughs> Right. And, and even today, I still play words with friends. And most of the time, I think it's a waste of time. And it usually is. Right. <laughs> Although there is there is something enjoyable about it. That's fine. I'm not here to judge. And right. Uh, maybe that's just an addiction I haven't quite given up yet. We'll see. <laughs> well, what I like about your perspective is that you're not just talking about drugs and alcohol. You're no, talking I, much deeper than that. The everyday things that the everyday person imbibes in without recognizing that it could be at an addiction level. Right. So it's interesting. Drugs and alcohol are the two things most people think about when they talk about addiction. And, you know, there are uh, drugs, especially are, are in the news today with the opioid crisis. And we absolutely need more resources to address drugs and to address alcohol. But those just aren't part of my story. Right. And, and, it's unfortunate, even some recovery organizations I've worked with are so focused on drugs and alcohol to the exclusion of other addictive behaviors. And I, I think that's unfortunate because we're all, everyone in, in, in addiction or in recovery is struggling with basically the same things. It just manifests differently, right? right? Whether, whether you're drinking to numb your pain or eating to numb your pain or doing drugs or smoking cigarettes or shopping or gambling or whatever it is, they're all attempts to avoid dealing with the emotions that you don't want to deal with. And you already feel alone and isolated. And now the recovery groups you're seeking help from further isolate you. Unfortunately, I mean, it's certainly, certainly not all of them, but but a few of them are so focused on drugs and alcohol that, um, you know, I, I, I think that's unfortunate. I think there's room enough in the tent and there are other recovery organizations and I'm, I'm connected to a number of them, but, uh, I do think it's unfortunate that that people don't understand that there's more to addiction than just drugs and alcohol, and that everybody's story is unique. I'm not, I don't have anything against my alcoholic and drug addict and recovery friends, right? They should, they need, they need healing too. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to make sure that everybody finds the healing that they need. Yeah, I think we put a lot of focus on drugs and alcohol because everybody can, well, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of people can hide that, but it's a much more visible addiction. You know, you act different, you look different, you treat people different. People are more visibly affected by it 
where, you know, about gaming and yeah, your spouse might get mad at you, but you can still go to work. You know, like there's, it's a different, and I don't think people realize that if you're in it, it's really not different. Right. I mean, there's really no, you know, again, every addiction is a little bit different, but they're all basically the same. And uh, although I, I will say that you will be surprised how many people are high functioning alcoholics mm-hmm. and drug addicts who still manage to go to work. Right. Right. Who still manage to hold down jobs. And then the minute the workday is over, they, you know, start doing whatever they need to do in order to cope with the thoughts of the day and, and where they are in life. Now, of course, people do get in trouble and people, you know, get found out at the job and people, you know, end up in car accidents and overdose and, you know, really, really significant and unfortunately all too often tragic consequences of their behavior. And, right, there's no, there's no magic pill, of course, right? There's no one solution for all. You know, what I talk about in the book is that we all need to find the right ways and communities to help us heal. Right. Well, and I love that you have really kind of honed in on the Jewish community because you've mentioned to me that there just really isn't a lot of information even out there within the Jewish community specifically. It's it's unfortunately true. There is So you're uh, kind of trailblazing this in a way, trying to help bring them, bring your community together and share your journey, being more transparent, more authentic to, to kind of help maybe open that up a little bit. I, I am. That is in fact, one of, one of my goals. You know, when I, when I was thinking about writing this book, I went on, I went on to Amazon and I put in Judaism and addiction and Judaism and recovery, sobriety, and, and a few other words. And, you know, there are maybe a dozen, 15 books, some of which are out of print or hard to find or, or I just didn't resonate with them. And of course, if you put in Christianity and addiction, you get thousands upon thousands of resources, right? There's, right. There, are, there, there are a few teachers in the Jewish world and there's a, there are a couple of Jewish recovery centers that do really good work, but not everybody needs to go to, to recovery centers per se, right? In, in, in patient right. treatment. Where's, where's their weekly meeting? Right. Where's the weekly meeting? Where's the, right. Where's the online coaching program? Where's the Jewish recovery podcast? Where's the annual sober Jewish cruise? Where are the weekend retreats? We just don't have those so much. There's a few here and there, but you know, in general, there are like a few people doing isolated things and the movement as a whole hasn't really grown. And I'm, and I'm hoping to, to do that, to interview people who are doing good work in this movement, and to, again, just provide resources for people who need. And I think that, you know, being Jewish and in recovery presents some interesting challenges and opportunities. And just like being a member of any other faith tradition and being in recovery does. And again, I just want people to have the resources. I want the Jewish world to go from saying, oh, we don't have this problem, to yes, we have this problem and we have some tools and we have some people who can help our people who are suffering, right? If, if, if I can be, you know, any part of that shift, then I, yeah, I don't want to say I could die a happy man because I don't plan on doing that for a long time, but, <laughs> but that, that's how, how I will know that, I, you know, that I, will, I will have made a difference if people start uh, really changing that conversation. Well, I think you're well on your way. 
And aren't you beginning your own podcast as well? So I am planning, I have my own podcast called Torah of Life, and I am going to be bringing that back. It's been on hiatus during book writing season a little bit, but I am bringing that back soon and also planning on starting a specific Jewish recovery podcast for those who, who want to listen to that as well. So stay tuned. Yes, definitely. And, you know, remind me after we're done here, I have somebody here in Oklahoma that I want to connect you with who's really big in the recovery community. Okay. And I think it would be an excellent connection for you. I'd be happy to talk to them. Thank you. <laughs> so as you're going through this process of deciding to write your book, actually writing your book, getting it published, doing all of that on the entire author journey, what has been your my favorite part so far? Well, as someone who struggles with addiction, I also struggle sometimes with low self-esteem and low self-worth. And every author goes through the, what do I know? And why should they read my book? And everybody's going to laugh at me. And what are they going to think? And all of that inner mind chatter. And, and then I got a box in the mail from Amazon. And it's an actual book with my name on it. I'm like, oh, my God, I wrote a book. <laughs> How did that happen? That is so fantastic. And so you're then, like, it's real. Then, that was the real moment. And then I sent it to people. They're like, wow, this is good. And I'm like, really? You like what I did? <laughs> Little validation there. Never hurt anybody. That's what I have testimonials. We... It's amazing. Yes. Yes. I hope you're getting those on your Amazon page. I am getting some on my Amazon page. It's very, you know, it's, it, it's always... It's very humbling and very rewarding at the same time when people tell me that, you know, that I've written something that has really, you know, been, been valuable for them. And I'm, I'm, I'm so touched to receive those emails. So have you had anybody within the Jewish community reach out to you and say, hey, that was me. Thank you for sharing your story. You opened it up and I have found my own path to recovery. So those are those conversations are starting. I am teaching more and more at a few conferences here and there and a few synagogues here and there and reaching out to schools and summer camps and other places. And and when I speak, almost every time I speak, somebody comes up to me afterwards and says, thank you, I needed to hear this because I've been struggling and the Jewish world's not talking about it. And those of us who struggle with it have been feeling so alone. And so... And the you know the Facebook group that I that I, again I'm really just in the beginning phases of of promoting you know our Jewish recovery on Facebook group you know people are starting to have those conversations and say you know this is a place where I can actually be my full self and learn some techniques that can help me in my own recovery and it's been really beautiful to see people asking questions and sharing sharing resources and that's 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 absolutely what I wanted there and that's been really nice. That is fantastic. It always feels so good when we're doing something that, granted, it has helped ourselves and it's healed ourselves, but it's also helping other people. Because in the long run, I think that's what most of us really desire through our efforts is there's been a, a purpose to our pain, and mm -hmm. that purpose may be helping someone else heal. You know, I, I can't say why it was my lot in life to fall into addiction, and I got in from a very young age, and it, it almost doesn't matter because it's not a question that we can answer. All I can say is 
I've been through things and I've learned a few things that can be helpful to other people. When I was going through it, I absolutely relied on my my sponsor and recovery friends and others who've been in the rooms longer than me, and they were invaluable. So if I can if I can be that resource for other people, that's that's a gift. That is fantastic. So we talked about your favorite part of the journey. What was your least favorite part? My least favorite part of the journey. Well, I will say that one of the things that they don't teach you is that formatting the book for a paperback or a hardcover version is different than formatting it for an ebook. There's all <laughs> sorts of little formatting tweaks that need to be done. And, you know, I finally got the book out, which took longer because it always takes longer than you think. And I put it on Amazon and they say, okay, the book is live. And then they say, oh, but there are problems with the ebook. And I, and I called them up and I'm like, no, why are there problems? It's done. I don't want to be doing this anymore. Let me just go out already. And some, some very nice lady at Amazon <laughs> walked, spent a few hours and walked me through it and we're fine. But uh, that, was, that was definitely a challenge. And, you know, the other thing I will say is that, you know, writing a book is one thing, but marketing it is all another thing. And figuring out the right ways and how to connect with people who might want to read the book or who would benefit from it. Right, that's that that's a whole nother part of the journey. And I'm I'm learning that piece now. I would say that, you know, before I wrote this book, you know, before I moved into getting my coaching certification and writing this book, I was a full time congregational rabbi. Uh, for six years and I left that and this is a whole different mode so <laughs> it's it's good I'm not complaining at all I've learned a ton and um, you know the more I learn the more that I know that there is still to learn and it's one thing to to have a book but it's another thing to you know launch the coaching program and the podcast and the website and the funnels and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn and all of these things. It's a whole so other full-time job, right? It 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 really is. It At really least during is the a, learning process. Here's what I'll tell you as an author coach, once you kind of find your rhythm, it will become much more seamless. Not to mean you won't have to do anything, but it'll become more seamless. So it won't sure. feel like a full-time job anymore. It'll be like right. a fun thing where you get to check in at certain times and make sure everything's flowing and going, but it, For it'll sure. get there. <laughs> and that's fine. You know, everything that I've learned how to do in life has taken me time to learn it. So I'm just, you know, I'm just surrendering and saying, okay, if this is what I need to put in to make this work, then I'll do it. And uh, I, I wish the learning part would be done. On the other hand, I'm never going to stop learning. I mean, I love learning new things. And no, because guess what it. happens in, in our world? What mm -hmm. happens is you master all those things the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube, the podcast, all that. And then they're like, oh, look at this new thing. Right, right. And you have to learn that. So it never stops. <laughs> you get little breaks. You'll have ebbs and flows. And then it'll just be like this neat thing you get to learn. And everything else is flowing just fine. You'll have the right. content. You'll know how to put it out there. And you'll be good to go. I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried. It's uh it's a much different way of, of, of trying to earn a living than having a regular nine to five job. Not that mine was, 
but it's uh, it, it, it's an interesting approach. And I, you know, I love it. I love meeting people. I love speaking in new communities. I love, you know, people have started to come to me for coaching and I'm honored to do that as well. And it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's a real blessing to be able to do this work. That is fantastic. And you mentioned speaking. So off of your book, is that an offshoot where you're doing speaking? Is that related to your book and your coaching? Kind of what do you prefer to speak on? So I definitely speak about the book and I'm happy to do to do book events and I've done a number and I'll keep doing more of them until I'm dead, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, happy, happy to keep talking about it. And then I do, you know, I offer workshops and, you know, sometimes uh, communities will want to bring me in as a scholar in residence at a synagogue for a weekend. And I'm starting to put together trainings for Jewish organizations about how they can make their communities more aware of the challenges that people in recovery face. Because the estimates are that about 10% of the American public is addicted to something. Mm-hmm. And there's there's very there are there are no good statistics in the Jewish world, but there's no reason to think that our numbers are any different from that. Right. So if you if you think about going to a synagogue, uh, you know, for an event where or for a service where there's a hundred people in the room, odds are good that ten of them are seriously addicted to something. And right, right, because Jewish people are human too. At least that's what I've been told. So they have. <laughs> Indeed, we struggle with all the same things, and we've got our quirks, but we we struggle like every other people do, right? So I'm I'm starting to help congregations and rabbis think about how can we meet the needs of these people, right? And I'm not looking for every rabbi to become a coach or to become an expert, right? But I want them to know where the resources are, and I want them to know what kinds of conversations to be able to have with their with their people in in addiction. Because these are, you know, I hear stories all the time from rabbis saying, you know, oh, one of, you know, the son of one of my congregants overdosed, right? What do I do, right? Or we just buried someone or somebody was just in a car accident, was hit by a drunk driver or somebody was a drunk driver or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And these are, these are real things that people struggle with. And when we, when we don't talk about them publicly, the people who struggle with them feel like they're not able to be fully present. And I think that's, that's a shame because I have this crazy idea telling me if I'm wrong, but I think that religion at its essence is really about helping people find community so that they can grow through the challenging parts of their lives. Yes. And I think when we... Inclusive at its core. Right. And I think when we don't do that, we are robbing people of a deeper experience. And we are missing out on, on being able to be with people in their really deep moments of, of pain, but also of growth. And I, I like to think that, you know, that we've got some resources, 6,000 years of Jewish tradition. We've got some good things in our, in our toolbox. And addiction is not new in the Jewish world. We've got texts going back thousands of years to talk about it. My, my point is, let's talk about it. Let's help yes. people get the healing that they need. And I'm not saying, right, I, I'm in favor of medication for the right people. I'm in favor of rehabs for the right people. And I'm not saying we have all the tools, but I am saying that we need to be part of the conversation. Yes. And I think we've, we've, we've got some, some tools to do that. So I'm, I'm happy to do that work, and I'm happy to, to speak anywhere that, uh, that is interested in my being a resource. And I'm, I don't limit myself just to the Jewish world. I've spoken in churches. I've spoken in mosques. I'm happy to go. It's a conferences. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go anywhere because really, 
right? This is, you know, the, the question that underlies all of my work, whether it's this book or the other ones that I've got in the back of my head, is what does it mean to live well? Right. And how can we let go of our suffering and embrace a little more joy in our lives so that we can get what we really want, which is a life of meaning? So while you're truly targeting the Jewish community because you're part of it, I mean, it's really a human issue. For so sure. If you, if you have the tools and the know-how and, and all of that to share, you're willing to share it no matter who is needing the help. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wanted you to speak or if they wanted to learn about your coaching program or anything like that, what is the best way for them to reach you? So they can reach me a couple of ways. Uh, my email is rabbiilan at torahoflife.com. Um, the new website will be up soon, rabbiilan.com, or they can go to torahoflife.com either way, and they can certainly get me through through that as well. I'm also on Facebook, just facebook.com slash Glazer. or if people are interested in joining the private Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups slash Our Jewish Recovery. And we are, we are certainly open to non-Jewish friends as well. And for anyone who wants to learn more about how recovery can be a part of their lives and help them grow. That's awesome. And for anyone listening, it's Rabbi Elon, R-A-B-B-I-I-L-A-N. So that'll help you locate him. And the last name, Glazer, G-L-A-Z-E-R. And... Your book can be found on Amazon, correct? That is true, Amazon.com. Perfect. And the title again, God Created Recovery. And God Created Recovery. There we go. And God Created. Don't forget that and, the and at the beginning. And God Created Recovery. That is fantastic. So I'm going to go ahead and, and start wrapping this up and let you get back to your day. But I want to thank you just for being open and being transparent and recognizing this need that has reached epidemic levels um, just all over the place. And the fact that you're willing to reach out and help people is amazing and it's so needed. And I'm so thankful that you're doing it. Well, thank you. I I very much appreciate that. And, um, you know, we've all got, gifts inside of us and for one reason or another this is a this is an area that has come to me to be involved with so i hope that uh, i hope that whatever gifts all of your listeners have that they are able to use them in service of in service of good for others because i think we all you know there's a wonderful teaching by a rabbi who said that the day you were born is the day god decided the world couldn't go on without you any longer that's powerful isn't it it's so whenever I hear that, I'm like, whew. That yeah, that, needs, that's that, like a goosebump moment. <laughs> it, it is. It is. So, I, you know, I hope that for your listeners, for all of us, that we're able to, you know, whether, believe, whether we believe in God or not, I hope that we're able to own the fact that we're here for a reason and there are things that we can do to help change the, change the world and make lives better for others and certainly for ourselves and our loved ones as well. And I love that you're so inclusive. And it's so for anyone who may not be spiritually inclined or religiously inclined, you could tweak that and plug in universe instead of God. For sure. For sure. So, yes, the universe decided it couldn't go on without you any longer for those who are not spiritually or religiously inclined. You are meant to be here. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Right. As long as I'm here, I believe that, you know, 
I'm not just here to play words with friends. There's good work for me in the world to do. And, uh, <laughs> that needs to be a title of your next book. I'm, I'm not, not just here to play words with friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> so to the listeners, if you've ever wondered whether Jewish wisdom can help you through the pain of addiction and help you get or maintain sobriety, Rabbi Alon is here to tell you that it can. So check out his book, find it on Amazon. Again, the title and God created recovery, Jewish wisdom to help you break free from your addiction, heal your wounds and unleash your inner freedom. Rabbi, I thank you again for joining us today. And I just, I hope to see this just explode for you and help you touch so many people and help so many people heal. Well, as they say, from your mouth to God's ears, may it be so. <laughs> and thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you.